0: The biggest thing I think in those stressful moments is the the breath, the break, the moment where you you have to take your beat, like in, in music, you're going to take your beat to calm the thoughts. And I think for me that I'm fortunate that that can happen fairly quickly for me. But I think it's really something that you can encourage and need to encourage when you're in a management type situation so that you can support the staff and and Mm -hmm. encourage them to take their beats. Say, well, hold on. Take breath. Okay, now start at the beginning. You know, that helps all of us. So we're not running to the end when we're missing details in the middle.
1: Historically, our industry has supported performers with flexible, high earning opportunities. In today's episode, Anna Petrie shares her journey into hospitality, all while building a career in opera in New York City. We're also going to learn about the authentic connections Anna made in restaurant management, which have set her up for success when leading teams beyond hospitality. Join us.
2: Hi, Anna. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Morning. Thank you. I have a little
0: super helper this morning.
2: Aurora, how are you this morning, honey? Little tired. So, so cozy in your lap. So I feel like it's awesome that she's able to watch us do our thing. It's almost like we're in person. Yeah. (laughs) If only. I know. I know. I wish. So, Let's get started. I'm so excited to start this Surviving Hospitality podcast. As you know, LA Consulting is all about our people and supporting. And what we feel is really important about us as a team is that Lauren and I both have operational experience. We've been there. We've been in the trenches. We've worked with managers. And you know that's one of the things that is so exciting to us, being in this industry for so long. Yeah. So as far as introducing you, I think it's really important for me to try to get everything. So please stop me if there's something that I missed. <laughs> Feel free to jump in. So we are here today with Anna Petrie. She's a mom, a domestic goddess, a beautiful opera singer, a business owner real estate manager, former real estate manager, and former AGM, and not to mention one of my very best friends. And so we're so thrilled to have her talk about her experience, first of all, with her own life, bringing in her skills that she already had, dealing with multitasking, entertaining people, honoring relationships before she joined the industry, but also kind of how she was able to hone those skills even more in restaurants and how she uses them today. So we'd like to be able to start with kind of talking about how we take care of ourselves. So what are you <laughs> drinking this morning? Well, this time of year, we had snow this morning. Amazing. So I was, I was to snow.
0: And it's going to snow. Amazing. <laughs> so That's I'm amazing. drinking my seasonal eggnog in my hot coffee this morning. <laughs>
2: Oh, nice. The eggnog just came out, I think. I hadn't yes. seen it in the stores before last week. Yes. So I am drinking my ever so favorite Nescafe Instant Café de Olla <laughs> with some oat milk. And it makes me Ooh. so happy just to, you know, make it for myself every day. And even though sometimes I may or may not have to heat it up again in the microwave a few times. <laughs> um, ten. It tends to keep and heat well, so that's what I'm enjoying on my end. So funny, the routines and the details and the ingredients that we definitely look forward to.
0: Yes, and whether it be reheated coffee from the day before (laughs) or reheated coffee from just doing the daily thing, it's, it's nice to have those things that help warm me up in the morning for sure.
2: Oh my gosh, for sure. So let's get started. I wanted to talk about restaurants, of course. And you are currently in Madison, Wisconsin. And you've been there for how many years now?
0: We've been in the Madison area for six years now. We currently live in Oregon, uh, Wisconsin, which is just south of of Madison, just south of the capital.
2: Awesome! It's a lovely area. <laughs> yeah, six years. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the restaurants that you've worked in and supported in the Wisconsin okay. area?
0: So I worked at two restaurants in the uh, Madison area. I started out at the Great Dane, which is a brew pub right off the square. And when I refer to the square in Madison, it's right off the Capitol building. There are It's um, literally a square around the Capitol, and it's filled with restaurants and boutique shops and some of your corporate offices, things like that. So very much hustling, bustling area. And the brew pub was a lovely place for me to get my feet wet in terms of the Madison area restaurants. And then I moved into um, Red Sushi, which is a sushi restaurant here in Madison, just at the point that they were moving moving locations.
2: Okay. And what drew you to that particular restaurant?
0: You know, I really enjoyed working at the Dane and what ended up being large pull for me was financial and schedule. So financial Red Suit. What drew me to RED was financial. There was more shift opportunity and they were a little longer shifts. So it would work out better for my schedule that I could work less days, longer times, and it would be more conducive for the family, as well as there was an opportunity to move to um, do management. So the idea for me to move into RED was that I would assistant manage on the floor as well as wait tables a couple of shifts a week. And that was a large pull for me because I didn't want to be only waiting, only serving just throughout the time. I saw a really good opportunity for me to be able to expand my skills in the hospitality.
2: Awesome. And so tell me a little bit about some of your biggest wins as a leader there. Well, I
0: think... At the time that I moved into that role with the intention of being an assistant manager and server, they were switching locations. So they were doubling their service staff. They were they doubled their back of house kitchen staff. And in that time period, things needed to be rewritten and also written perhaps for the first time in terms of their service structure and opening closing procedures. It was a new facility. It was new, all those things. So it was it was pretty obvious from the way that I talked about things and noticed things because I'm really very detail-oriented that it was obvious that I would be able to really be utilized by writing new procedure and by doing those kinds of things for the evening service in particular. And I quickly moved off the floor off of assistant management into the assistant GM role rather than a floor management role.
2: And so backing up a little bit, I know that, you know, you had the experience to just kind of jump in and be available and you were fully capable and trained to take on all of the duties that were required of both serving and managing. Yeah. So that said, let's back up a little bit. And if you want to talk to me a little bit about the restaurants that you worked in, in New York. You know, I worked
0: in only one restaurant in New York, um, at on 30th and Lux. And when I walked in, Phil and I, my husband Phil and I were new to New York. And I remember opening the ad on Craigslist. They were looking for a host. They had never had a host before. And I was hired as their first host. I remember walking into the space, instantly fell in love with the atmosphere, the country chic ambiance, and just very homey. It reminded me of Wisconsin. It reminded me of home. And then... I sat down with the owner, Jennifer Potenza, and we interviewed and she interviewed me. And I remember going through the interview and we had a really wonderful personal connection and got along very well. But I remember thinking, I probably, I remember thinking I can tell that she's looking for someone with experience and I had none yet. I remember the interview was wrapping up and I was getting up from the table and she said, you know, thank you so much. And I saw she had a stack of resumes in front of her. And I turned back and excitedly in my very new to New York way I said I don't care if I get the job I can't wait to come back here and eat (laughs) and she told me maybe I did get the job but she told me when I was hired a couple weeks later that that was the reason that my anecdote for wanting to be there and come back come back was the reason I got the job I wanted to be there it didn't matter if I got the job I liked the place it reminded me of being there it was a place I could be at comfortably
2: so All super great stories. And, you know, just because we are friends, I remember one of the things that drew you to red was the similarity to New York. Yes. I find interesting because you found a home that was familiar to where you came from when you were in New York. And then. Yes. Moving back home, missing your created family in New York, found an environment that was comforting because it was familiar to you. Yes. Sounds like that fulfilled something in the moment. It
0: definitely did. There was, you know, and continues to be a sophistication and a grace and (laughs) just reminds me of of all of that about New York.
2: Of course. So. You've had to do a whole lot of different things when it comes to service. I know that Penelope has a very busy brunch. I know that, you know, managing a team and also kind of teetering between serving and management that happens for a lot of people before they make the jump full time. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you were able to keep calm under pressure and Manage all of the details that were your responsibility at any any given moment. I think, you know, even though serving and managing is very different, the number of things you have to be managing at one time is very similar. So tell me a little bit about how you just kind of handled it all.
0: The biggest thing I think in those stressful moments is the the breath, the break the moment where you, you have to take your beat, like in in music, you're going to take your beat to calm the thoughts. And I think for me that I'm fortunate that that can happen (laughs) fairly quickly Mm -hmm. for me, but I think it's really something that you can encourage and need to encourage when you're in a management type situation so that you can support the staff and and Mm -hmm. encourage them to take their beat, say, well, hold on, take breath okay, now start at the beginning, you know, that helps all of us. So we're not running to the end when we're missing details in the middle. And I think holding on to those details and really making sure that things aren't lost in the tracks. I think that's the part that for whatever reason comes easily to me because I like it. There's so much going on all at the same time. And when it's all going on at the same time, that's when I'm fed. That's when I'm, running to the creative solution portion that's where I'm enjoying the process because there's constant change and constant movement and when that constant change and constant movement happens in hospitality I find it invigorating rather than intimidating
2: I think we all definitely thrive in those moments where you know it's all just kind of happening Um, yeah and I think that one of the things that I say often is that I don't think hospitality is really something that people choose. I think it chooses us because we all definitely share some of the same traits, desires, and skills.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: So historically, as you know, in moments of stress or being overwhelmed or even in troubleshooting or just being very, very busy, the tendency to speak directly to your staff or to your peers and sometimes in an aggressive way because you're more comfortable with one another and Mm -hmm. you get each other and you're both overwhelmed and stressed and you know sometimes depending on the situation ready to give up yeah so how do you handle the desire I guess would be the best word to kind of be short to the point direct and move on and still honor the person that you're working with so that you're giving them the grace mm-hmm. that you give your guests. Because of course we would never be short with a guest no matter how stressed. So how do we do that for our peers, our employees and you know, even for our direct supervisors? It's really
0: important. I think I could answer your question in two ways. It gets sure. me thinking about when I was a server and what that was like. You, it's easier to forget to be respectful when you're all on the same playing field, and at least for me. And when you are in a management role, it's much easier for me to be able to hold that respectful nature all the time. And I think sometimes that's different for other people, but I find. In those stressful moments, you just, you, we, we have to keep our wits. And for me, the best way to keep my wits in terms of that communication, because as you know, communication is so important. Without it, it's sunk and the ship is going down and we can't have a go down with everyone on board. We have to, you know, we all have to have our wits about us. And I think keeping, you know, being the, the mama bear kind of personality at, in the position that I was in really allowed me. I would say luxury to be able to choose those responses in a way that served the communication well. In those stressful situations, I, for whatever reason, I found it easier because it would calm them because they would feel, you know, they would come, staff would come to me with questions or I would come to them with with questions. And if I'm not calm or approachable, then it, it will turn like that and they can snap at me at each up and then there's really? lack of communication and lack of understanding sure so for me i don't know if that's if that's the same for a lot of people or not but Ew. i somewhat, somewhat found it easier in those moments of of stress because that's how i got the best result
2: um, i can totally relate i remember my first management job and i think i had expectations for how staff were going to respond to me and respect me because of my resume and just assume that I was on their team and that we were all there for the greater good, et cetera, et cetera. But it just so happened that I had joined a team that was very established and the staff were, you know, very committed and involved and very connected to one another. You know, they were running to get lemonade at the grocery store to make sangria in the restaurant on the way to their shift and it was, you know, one of the most beautiful organic mom and pop operations. yeah, and they just took those things for granted. And me coming from a different, you know environment where not only was it about being more organized and making sure to streamline costs and, you know, also make things easier for the employees on the way to work, at first, it almost felt to them as though, because I started to order the lemonade from a different place and have it delivered. And it almost felt as though I wasn't valuing them, by right. having a conversation with them and honoring, like, this is so awesome that you do this. However, I have a really great alternative to kind of take this off of your shoulders so that, you know, your way, on your way to work, you're kind of maybe giving a little bit to yourself or maybe taking a little extra time, giving you your time back. And so at the time I didn't recognize that that communication was so important to give to them, to explain to them, like, this is, I'm taking care of you and me and the restaurant and this is why I'm doing it. And so, you know, there were some bumps in the road with that team. And I learned very quickly also that I had to earn my keep in the same way that any, any employee would, because you have to build trust in those relationships. And as you mentioned, I think the communication that you have with people, how you communicate your approach, all of those things are just, you know, invaluable in stressful moments, especially because then everybody remembers, okay, we're on the same team, we're going to get through this. And I'm not the only one that's overwhelmed.
0: Yes. And I think to that end, it makes me think of a couple of things in in terms of the communication with team members, how important it is when you make changes like that. To what might seem like over communication Mm -hmm. to help people understand. And I think that's such a great learning. And I learned that too, because Mm -hmm. we had to make so many changes to the procedure and doubling staff. And they were, they were a very close knit staff when I moved in to work with Red Sushi and I was the new, the new person, Um, the new person without management experience. Who was coming in as, as a manager and I was coming in, you know, and I also served. So I think in a way, those first couple of weeks that I was also serving, I gained a lot of respect as well from the service staff because I was really good at what I did. And so that was also unbeknownst to me was a, at the time, at least was a really great opportunity for me to demonstrate that I know what they're going through. And that I can hold my own as well. And so that there wasn't a concern about, well, she doesn't know what that's like. How can she possibly write procedure? Well, we do know what it's like, but we also had a great opportunity within that staffing procedural change and all of those um, new people to really sit down and give voice to the servers and to the people being hired saying, what will work for you? Okay, that doesn't really work for x y and z but this will work how does that sound so really have it be a collaborative thing so that like you said if whether or not it's taking something off your plate or putting something on someone's plate to for the ease of everyone involved you have to make that clear
2: absolutely i think it it really does have a tremendous amount of value to also aside from those amazing you know details to show your staff that you know I can do every single thing that you can do right and I've earned where I am and right. I'm here to be on your team I'm here to yes help you. yes you know also knowing the timing of I know when to step in and take care and I'm right. not I'm not getting in your way because you know sometimes that happens yes and so I think that's all really great stuff and And also just to remember, everybody has their story and it's not that you know I think sometimes in management people can complain it's like babysitting and they're like children et cetera et cetera like no one's a child you're dealing with adults that have their own lives that have experiences in different things more so than you sometimes mm-hmm. and you know it's really just about honoring that whole human yes. and being able to know who to ask
0: when you want feedback and what kind of feedback are you looking for and making a making it a real collaborative thing.
2: Absolutely. So it can be very stressful. I think that people who have never worked in the industry take for granted that maybe that a restaurant knows what they're doing and that when they walk in, their experience should be great and they're entitled to what they're paying for. Maybe not necessarily in a bad way, but you know, they are, there's an expectation of what you're looking for when you go to any restaurant, however casual or fancy. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we're juggling on a nightly or daily basis. Uh, We mentioned brunch. Brunch is so much fun to go to as a guest. Maybe the most challenging survey.
0: Maybe, maybe. I think that's an understatement.
2: The other thing is, you know, just the many hats that you wear as a manager. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have plunged toilets. I have had to break open a bathroom door because someone was locked in there. I've had to help an employee get to an ER because of an emergency. I've had to manually figure out how to charge guests uh, when the whole system goes down. Oh my goodness. Yes. So you're kind of like the parent of the space, because you must know what to do in a very, very short amount of time and in a calm fashion. If a guest, I mean, a restaurant I worked in, once a guest had a heart attack, we had to get the ambulance there right away. So how do you manage all of those different things? Being the the leader that has about 12 hats in their back pocket at any given time you know, the nurse, the coach, the, you know, sometimes friend, how do you manage all of those different things in any given night to a point where you feel like, okay, I made it all happen and it's all good. I think flexibility
0: is just really important. So when we go through the experience of being in service and you're dealing with 10, 15, 25 things at a time, I think that really goes back to how I handled that best with the staff was trusting that we could all keep our cool. And I think we learned that together, that when we could keep our cool, that's where things could be good. and and what I mean, I guess, is that when we're able to keep our cool for the small emergencies, then everyone knows when there's a big emergency and we use our certain voice, it's a big emergency and it needs a little different attention. And I think so in terms of that type of communication and Really understanding that when you have faith in your staff to be able to hold both aspects like this is a small emergency, I need a little help with that, but no, and I need you, even just that, and I need you. They knew those words would get me there in an instant. And you have to know what tools are at your disposal, and you have to be able to shuffle that deck quickly to be able to pull the right cards. Like you said, I remember. Serving at Penelope, and someone choked, and I had to perform the Heimlich to my table, and it was quite an experience. My, I remember. You know, I know you and I probably still remember the comedian Soupy Sales. Well, that was the gentleman. <laughs> But there are times then I'm expoed for the sushi line. And I, when we had issues with our dishwasher, I did dishes, you know, we, we all have to figure it out in the moment. And sometimes we just have to go back to where, where are going to be most useful? And how do we step in, in a way that doesn't get in the way? And how do we step in to take over when we need to, without the staff feeling like they are inadequate? And I think that's a big deal, making sure that they feel safe to ask for help when they say, I need you. And that they feel safe enough to ask for help in the small situations, knowing they just want to, to share or they just want an opinion without you stepping in. So being able to know the difference
2: as well. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it's it's interesting that we talk about our teams and building relationships and honoring the person. Even you and I, we never worked together in hospitality, but we had a connection. And I think that happens Ah, all the ah, time. ah. I've seen in many examples that a bar regular, for example, gets close to the bartender who then later on ends up babysitting for them. Right. Or you become so close that you end up going to dinner outside of that restaurant later and become long-term friends. It really is an environment that's very, it's such a small world and it's super comforting because we get one another and it's something that, you know, I think we, we value in each other in a way that sometimes grows into something completely different than the person serving and the person being served.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: So I think we've got some really great things here to talk about just moments in the busy day-to-day, remembering communication, thinking about all of the things that are important to you, remembering that we're all on the same team and yeah. how to manage stress. And I guess when we think about all of these things, there are beautiful, wonderful things about what we do in restaurants and hotels and you know, just hospitality in general. And I think some people in my journey have asked me like, why do you do it? I, I really, <laughs> it. so, you know, I think it's a great question and I think it's a really good thing to address not only for our peers in the industry, but for people that are just really enamored with the industry and really appreciate it and love it and are inspired by all of the beauty and the food, the preparation, the food, the beverage, you know, what comes to mind when I say that out loud? Like, why do we do this? you know, the first thing that comes to mind, and I think mm-hmm. when
0: I look back on the various yeah, facets of my work okay. in the industry yeah, and outside yeah, of the industry, yeah. it's people, okay. it's, it's community. It's, so the big word okay. for me is community. I can be mm-hmm. serving a table and create community, whether or not I'm seeing them again ever or not in that 30 minutes in that hour and a half depending upon the restaurant that they're going to be there and I'm going to have that interaction it's sincere it's lovely and the connection that's created in that i think really feeds me and Similarly in the management sector of hospitality, it's the community with the staff, with the beautiful people that make this restaurant come alive. Um, Because without them, it wouldn't be. It would be a vision without fruition. And I think that's just really huge to think about and remember. You know, I think I may have shared this story with you before, but there was a little joke in, in the staff between the staff, I would do their shift meetings before every shift for the evening service. And I would always end it with, I just want you to know that I appreciate each and every one of you and that I love you. And I meant it. I meant it because I knew them individually. You relate to them individually. You don't necessarily have to hang out after hours to relate to people individually, but to really know, hey, so-and-so, how's your uncle doing? He was in the hospital. How, are you still having trouble at home? Are you, did you have enough food before you started your shift? Did you get enough sleep? Are you safe when you go home tonight? Do you need me to walk you home? Things like, like those are different things about all different people. And I remember taking a week off And the owner stepped in. She was very hands-on owner and wonderful. And she stepped in to do the shift meal and the shift meeting. And she ended and she's like, okay, well, is there anything else? And one of the servers piped up and said, oh, Tanya, Anna usually tells us that she loves us. (laughs) And I think to hear that really filled me up. Because it allowed me to see that my effort was making a difference. They could tell that I saw them. They could tell that I cared for them. And I think for me, that's just, that's why I do it. It's people.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. I just wanna thank you for joining us. I am so excited to get this up and running. And as I mentioned before, I think, you know, our goal is just to remind those of us, the people that are, serving others to remind them that you're not alone. We totally hear you. And we think it's really important to talk about this uh, with one another and with those of us that can. Thank you so much
0: for asking me to be part of this. I'm thrilled. And I also just, I love revisiting and being able to contribute to such a valuable lesson.
1: Thanks for listening to the surviving hospitality podcast an LA Consulting firm production. At LA Consulting, we specialize in accounting and human resources for the hospitality industry. Through this podcast, our goal is to inspire and share stories about our challenges and wins in the industry we love. We get real about it, share some laughs, and take a minute to remember why we do it. Surviving Hospitality is hosted by Elisa Martinez, produced by me, Michelle Rodriguez, edited by Mohamed Youssof, original music by Phil Petrie. On behalf of guests around the world enjoying service at this moment, our deepest gratitude, we love you.